Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hey, everyone, and welcome to our very special February Atlanta Business Radio episode of Women in Technology. I'm one of your hosts, Katie Galley, and I am joined in studio today by the wonderful Resource Development Director of WIT, Ms. Pat Hurston. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, Pat? We're doing well. How about you, Katie? I'm doing great. We're excited about February. Yeah, I love it. And we're actually, for Business Radio X, we're coming from our brand new studio. This is our very first broadcast from here. It is beautiful, everybody. You like it here? Yeah. It is wonderful. (laughs) I like the window. That's my favorite part. (laughs) I love the color of the walls. Love it, right? It's great. Um, so yeah, you're liking the studio and what's going on with WIT? I mean, I just, we're coming off of the WIT forum last month. That was great. And then was, you go in full yeah. steam ahead into this year. So yeah. what's coming up for WIT? Oh my God. We have, been, I've been with WIT for going on four years and we are entering 2018, probably the best prepared I've seen us in the last three and a half, four years. We are excited about our June 21st WIT Connect. And that yeah. is when we give out nearly $100,000 in scholarships. And as a matter of fact, radio audience, I'm at 95000 I need some companies to give me five more thousand dollars and we will be able to give these girls $100,000 in scholarships. Wow. It will be held at the Georgia Aquarium. Uh, we usually get seven to 800 people there. It is a time where we will have executive auction, heavy networking and professional development. And just to hear the stories of some awesome young women uh, is just going to be fantastic. Um, The other thing I'm excited about this year is that all of our programs that we give for free for with girls, with campus, and uh, our Women in Transition, those programs are really, really growing. And what I'm more excited about is the underserved and the first-generation students that we are introducing to STEAM, and in some cases, enhancing what they know. We just have some awesome women. And so uh, we are also uh, excited about our volunteers. We have over 300 volunteers. And I met a woman last night who had been with WIT for probably 10 years ago, and she said when they started, they had 50. So we are growing by leaps and bounds. Women understand and men do the importance of getting young people involved in uh, STEAM. And so we got a lot of excitement going on and just fantastic. Our WIT forums, to which we're going to talk about our speaker, will be Dr. Kim Harris. Those are growing, averaging about 200 people every third Wednesday at 7.30 at Maggiano's. And we are just bulging with people and excitement of women who want to come. So, Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And if someone wanted to get involved, you know, with like you're saying, you're trying to raise this, that $5,000 more for the scholarship funds, how, how can we do that? Excellent question. At first, number one, you can hit me up at Pat, no, it's P. Hurston mm-hmm. at mywit.org or go to our website, mywit.org. And uh, look at uh, WIT Forum and you will, I'm sorry, WIT uh, Connect and you will be able to see that to contact me. Perfect. And of course, you can call our office. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. And you can, I mean, I'm sure you can get all that information Absolutely. on mywit.org and yeah. find it all there. Absolutely. Well, that's great. And you said, um, you know, like the WIT Forum, we have Dr. Kim Harris and yes. that's who you brought with you today I in did. studio. So hi, I'm Dr. So Kim. Glad to be here. We're happy to have and you I'm here. I'm excited about this opportunity, and I'm excited about speaking at WITS on yeah. the 
21st? Yes. 21st of February. Yeah, yeah that's going to be great. So how did you uh, initially get involved with it and get involved, you know, into the capacity of being with the forums and yeah. Well, you know, Katie, I am always looking for ways to meet new people. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow or another, I believe I got on the mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> and I know several people who are involved with WIT. And uh, so I just started attending meetings. The speakers were absolutely fabulous. I know it's based in technology, but you learn so much, so much more mm-hmm. in terms of leadership and how you show up just generally, professionally, mm-hmm. which is something I'm going to be talking about more on the 21st. And it's just very engaging. And the food is always good. Yes. (laughs) I would agree with that. Breakfast breakfast is my favorite meal. That's my carrot. That's my (laughs) carrot. Be there at 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Makes it, the food makes it worth it. (laughs) Of course. Um, So just tell us a little bit more about yourself. So you got involved with WIT in that capacity, but what do you do? I am an executive coach and speaker. Um, I have uh, um, my career, my professional career is, I think, a nice blend of corporate organizations, leadership roles in corporate organizations and higher education. So I've worked for the Home Depot, Cox Enterprises. I've also worked for University of Miami in Coral Gables, Florida, and Emory here. I've worked actually at Emory four times. I tell people (laughs) I grew up at Emory. Uh, And most of all of my career has really been centered around this idea of training and talent development and leadership development. And so I came to a crossroads in November of 2010, had the opportunity to take some time off and had to decide what I wanted to do next. Did I want to go back into a corporate environment or do did I want to do something? I'd always said I wanted to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to take parallel paths. I started looking for a job and I started building a coaching business because coaching was the thing that I had become known for in my corporate career. And when I looked for jobs, I got depressed. And when I coached, I got energized. (laughs) So one day on the way to an interview, (laughs) I told myself it was time to make a decision. And sitting in my car in Buckhead on my way to an interview, I decided that I was going to start my own business. And I haven't looked back since. Wow. Wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. The fact that you had that kind of that moment, that mm-hmm. revelation. You're like, okay, I've got to make this decision now. Exactly. And so you you fell in love with coaching. That was, you know, that was the role you found yourself in. But how did you kind of find yourself there through you said your journey through corporate America and just everything? How did you find yourself yeah. in that particular role? It's so interesting because um, I guess being someone who's responsible for the development of people, Mm -hmm. uh, people were coming to me asking for ideas. How can I get promoted? How can I get more exposure to this? How can I get more exposure to that? And I guess the result of our conversations were so positive that the people I spoke to were sending other people to me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And and no matter where I worked, I I got the title corporate coach. Wow. And so, and I realized that it was something I really enjoyed doing. Um, it, uh, it energized me. I got an opportunity to, to, um, to help people. And so I decided to get some certifications to really refine the skills. So, you know, it's one thing doing what comes naturally. It's another thing, you know, really being intentional about the strategies that you use. Because I, what I found was I was getting people to a point that I, I couldn't get them past because I hadn't been formally trained. Okay. So then I went and got formally trained and combined that with my doctorate degree in organizational leadership and gone. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. And so how did you discern what, I mean, I'm sure there's a 
a number of different certifications that you can go out and get. How did you discern which ones you wanted to pursue? Was it just that um, as they came up, people were, you realized that you would get them to a certain point and that was maybe a certification that most aligned with that? Or I just, what was that process like? So for me, it was more coaching strategy and approach. Okay. Um, not so much um, certifications that helped me get people to certain answers, but what I realized I I didn't have were tools. Okay. So I had perspective and I had insight, but when it came to, okay, well now, what do I do? The what do I do piece was limited. Mm. My, 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 uh, my tools were limited there. So I really wanted to give to be able to provide people with more tools. So I took, I actually took uh, two certification classes and then set for um, a licensing exam. And uh, so now I am a certified executive coach. And it's interesting because um, the tools really helped get me over that hump. But now I, I, I even marvel at myself sometimes, I have to say, <laughs> that the more I do the work, the more intuitive I become. And um, I'm just really able to zero in on things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just phenomenal. I think it's God working, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's me living in my sweet spot and really, um, really trusting my gift. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so then from bridging off of that, can you yeah. share a little bit about what you've written about things like mo- emotional intelligence? Can yes, you go into that a little yes. bit? Yes. Well, emotional intelligence is the springboard for all of my coaching partnerships. That's kind of where I start. Okay. And uh, I got there in a very interesting way. Uh, my last corporate opportunity, um, I had a conversation with my leader. We were doing an update and... Uh, in the middle of the conversation, she shared with me that her boss, who happened to be the CEO of the organization, <laughs> thought that I was incompetent. Mm, wow. Yes. Yeah, so I'm looking at your facial expression. <laughs> I'm hearing your response. So imagine how I felt, yeah. right, being on the receiving end of that. Well, the reality of it was I was not incompetent. Every, every objective performance measure supported the fact that I was very competent. My performance reviews were always exceeds. My bonuses were always rich. My increases were always stupid. Um, But what I realized was that there was something I was missing. I was so focused on doing the work. I was so focused on showing up smart that I didn't take the time to think about how am I, how how are people experiencing me? Mm -hmm. And so the feedback I was getting, which I didn't get, you're abrasive, you're too direct, you intimidate people, you do this. I'm like, what? I'm just being me. What, what, what do you want me to do? And it wasn't until after I actually left the organization and a friend of mine wanted me to come and speak to a newly formed uh, chapter for the Society of Emotional Intelligence that I really learned that that was my gap. I I stumbled upon a book one day walking through the airport, Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Danbury, I think, or something Barry. I can't remember his last name. I'm sorry, Travis, for butchering your name. Um, And as I read that book, all of the negative examples of low emotional intelligence, it's like I I wanted to close it because it was like having a conversation with someone who's telling me all these things about myself. I, I was in tears. I literally cried because I realized that that was my gap. So in some ways, 
that CEO was accurate. I was incompetent, but not in terms of performance, just in terms of how I showed up in relationships. So my my mantra has become competence is more than performance. Wow. I love that. That's yeah. a re- that's really good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um and so with emotional intelligence then have you found that it's I guess it holds the same definition no matter what area of life you're in, or is it different in corporate world and leadership world, world and personal relationships? What oh is that? Gosh, Katie, yeah, that is a great question <laughs> <laughs> because my book, my very first book, uh, which is going to be out in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, from life to lessons, living and leading with emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, mm-hmm. touches on just that. I take stories from my own personal experiences, stories from my family's experiences, stories from um, leaders that I coach, and and identify the opportunities to show up better, more effectively. And whether it is a personal experience, for example, with my brother, when his uh, daughter came home Uh, as a rising senior at Emory University and announced that she was not going back to Emory for her senior year. Instead, she was coming home to Chicago to live with her boyfriend. (laughs) 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 Right? How do you deal with those kinds of things? How do you, so that your emotions don't get in the way, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's taking stories like that, which is what I do. I tell the story, talk about what happened, but then translate the strategies that they use back to the workplace for leaders to use, for individuals to use, to show up more effectively. And you're right, the, the, the principles and concepts are the same. It doesn't matter whether, you, whether you're leading, whether you're an individual contributor, whether you're um, a dad, right, yeah. <laughs> a mom, um, whether you're in a relationship and you've got issues there. I write in the book, uh, one of the chapters is called um, Feedback in the Rice. <laughs> I talk about uh, a dinner that I fixed for my significant other and his response to it <laughs> and my response to his feedback. <laughs> but then talk about the fact that in the professional organization, in our in our work lives, we get feedback all the time. Yeah. And it's not always served up in a way that that we feel good about, that makes us feel good. But what we have to do is manage our emotions, manage our reaction to it, and think about Peel it back to figure out where's the truth because there's always some truth. So where's right. the truth that fits, and what do I need to do differently? And where's the truth? Where's the stuff that doesn't fit? And I just push that to the side, but not, but never ignore it. Hmm. So yeah, lots of lots of stories that translate um, back into the workplace for effective leadership, effective individual contributors, effective team members, effective parents, effective significant others. It's good stuff, if I do say so myself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's not, I mean, it's how you react to things, but it's things that occur and how you're dealing with certain people, but then it's your emotional reaction to them. And maybe it's an immediate reaction that you have, but it's kind of taking a step back and evaluating before you react? Or is that more so what, I guess, yeah, could you go a little yeah. bit more into exactly what emotional yeah. intelligence Thank you. is? So emotional intelligence, I, I summarize it by saying it's how we show up. Yeah. And it is understanding what are the things that press our buttons? What are the things that make us sad? What are the mm-hmm. things that make us angry? What are the things that make us happy? And how do we respond to that? But it's also about being clear about how people react to you when you're 
passionate about something, right? Or when you're angry or when you're withdrawn because you're depressed. And and being in tune with the environment so that when you can notice that people are reacting in a way that you don't want them to respond, you can adjust. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. You, yeah, you can adjust. Yeah. And so I like to say it's one, awareness. How do I show up? Two, how do, how do I want people to experience me, my impact? And am I showing up in a way consistently that is consistent with how I want people to experience me, right? To okay. be so, able to get the kind of, of results result right? that, that you, you want. want. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if um, for example, uh, you are trying to get people to be your team as a leader, to get people to be more open with you. Well, if every time somebody brings you bad news, you don't respond in a, you respond in a negative way that intimidates them, the likelihood is they're not going to bring you bad news until it's absolutely too late. And Mm -hmm. as a, and as a leader, that's the last thing you want to be blindsided by. right? Right. So you want to create, create an environment where people are comfortable coming and telling you when there's a problem, when there's bad news, so that you can support them in addressing it. So what does that look like? Okay, well, just tell me, tell me what happened. And we listen as leaders and we support and we coach. And so when um, a team member gets something like that from their leader, they're more likely to have open communication to bring issues to their leaders. So Kim, tell us uh, a story, uh, obviously confidentially, Mm -hmm. um, of when you have coached somebody mm-hmm. exactly that and how the outcome has been. So mm-hmm. I, wa- I want people to understand outcomes of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the emotional intelligence. So let me think about this. Um, I've got a leader now, actually, that I'm coaching. And one of the things that um, that her people say is that, you know, she she's here to facilitate change. She's got us doing all this stuff differently. And when we don't meet her expectations, we get this harsh response. And she's like, well, you know, I'm here to facilitate change. I've got to make things happen. And and she is so, um, she owns, she owns the results. And so my coaching to her is you got to let go a little bit. You've got to coach and give people room to make mistakes. And what we had to do was have a conversation with her leader to ensure that he was going to support the fact that sometimes things are are going to fall by the wayside, but there's going to be learning and coaching in that. And so once we were able to get her leader on board, now she's comfortable saying to her people, okay, I'm I'm going to let you go do this. Bring it to me. If it doesn't work out well, we're going to talk through it. We're going to work it out. No worries. I'm going to allow you to fail. And now their communication is so much more open. The engagement of her team is so much higher and everybody feels better, you know? So it's one thing going to work and being, oh God, another day. Okay, I got to deal with this stuff. But when you can go into work and and know that you're going to do great work and sometimes you're going to succeed and sometimes you're going to fail, but you're always going to learn and you're going to be in an environment that supports you, that's good stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I, I like that point. So you're bringing out how um, you can elicit that kind of emotional intelligence in a leader in an organization and bring that about so that they can help their employees and help them under them to, you know, to just react properly. But right. then taking that a step further um, with that emotional intelligence raised. So mm-hmm. how would that help them, the leader, um, 
just build new leaders rather than just helping manage employees, helping bring out new leaders in their organization. Yeah. It's role modeling, Mm -hmm. right? So we're demonstrating to others what effective leadership looks like. Right. And how many times, I know I can raise my hand, how many times have we worked for people who have demonstrated for us what good leader, what, what, good leadership isn't. <laughs> right, right. Right? Yeah. Right. But to role model what I think is um, authenticity, yeah. right? To really show up real that makes us relatable and approachable to people. To role model vulnerability. Um, share your stories. Share your personal stories of success and failure. I believe that that's what makes me an effective coach and speaker because I... No shame in my game. I, you know, I tell people, yep, I did this. And people come up later and they're like, did that really happen? <laughs> that really happened. Because effective leaders build leaders by allowing others to learn by their mistakes, from their mistakes and their successes. And showing people that it's okay. It's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. And, but this is how you recover. So demonstrating resilience. Right. Yeah. So I think just role modeling some of the the um, the components of emotional intelligence, like authenticity, vulnerability, yeah. resilience, empathy, understanding the perspective of others and doing it consistently is what helps develop great leaders. Absolutely. And I think you just your journey is a testament to that because it's I think it's the most interesting part of your stories that you were walking through the airport and you saw that book and you read it and you saw your own shortcomings. And so you decided that was the business you were going to start. (laughs) That was the book you were going to write. That was you're going to address what seemed to be your apparent weaknesses and shortcomings. And those were going to become your strengths. And so it's easy to think, I mean, it, you can take it, I guess, whichever way you want it. You can look at your strengths and weaknesses and um, you can just focus on your strengths and kind of make your weaknesses irrelevant. You just don't mm-hmm. want to focus on them. But the building up of your weaknesses to make them strengths, mm-hmm. that's just a, mm-hmm. a whole other game. And just, yeah, the way that you did it is, I mean, it's just really incredible. <laughs> well, thank you. And it and it can be, it can be a game changer. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's just, I mean, and, and there are sometimes there's, strengths, there are weaknesses that you do want to just put to the side because they're not relevant, right? Right. But there are some things that if you don't address, they'll hold you back. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be real clear about what the things are that you want to, that you need to address. And so what I do is I, I coach leaders and individuals who are very high performers. The organization values them. They don't bring me in because there's a problem. They bring me in because they're trying to prepare them for the next level, mm-hmm. but they need to round their edges. Mm-hmm. And so I'm there to help them round their edges or help them develop what I call their more. That whole competence is more than performance. So help them identify develop and exploit their more so that they can strengthen their connections with their team, their colleagues, their leader, and any other stakeholders that they deal with on a regular basis. So, Dr. Kim, tell me how young, uh, you know, should should we start talking to people about emotional intelligence? I'm thinking about this from, you know, when young people are in college, even Mm -hmm. seniors, Mm -hmm. and how if we can start, which is a lot about what we Mm -hmm. do at Women in Technology, is we start at the middle school level, and we're really trying to make sure they're acquiring those technical skills. But what you're talking about is, I'm thinking, you know, way back, if I had a hat and understand this, this could have been a real real game changer (laughs) as I went through my career. So so tell me a a little bit about what you think about in terms of 
the age? You know, the first thing that comes to mind, because even uh, my editor, she was like, as she read it, she was like, oh my God, my son needs to read this. And he's just out of college, Mm -hmm. starting his career. And I think probably college age, where people can really begin to understand, because we go into college with these big views about, you know, what life is going to look like afterwards and how we're going to interact with the world, right? And I think um, being able to give college students context for that, what success looks like really, particularly as it relates to your interpersonal skills and how your interpersonal skills will make or break your success as an individual. So I would say, I would say, freshman college, but certainly high school can't hurt because to your point, Katie, we're talking about not just career stuff, but relationships, how you, how you interact with people, your friends, your parents, your siblings. Um, I, I, I did a workshop once and a woman came up um, to me afterwards and she said, and she was almost near tears. She said, I now have a model for how to talk to my mom. I have been trying to figure out how to have this conversation with my mom. Now I know how to have the conversation. Wow. Which is, yeah, which is when I get stuff like that, it just, it humbles me because Mm -hmm. it's like, thank you. I I mean, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. And addressing that, I mean, looking at, um, like Pat said, how early you should start really addressing this question of emotional intelligence. Um, Is there... Have you found that there's maybe a gap in a certain generation? Is it the younger generations, the older generations, where there's a huge gap in emotional intelligence? Is it, um, yeah, I just, where would that be? I'll tell you, I think that it's on a spectrum, right? I don't think that it's limited, but I will tell you where I think the opportunity is for for young folks Mm -hmm. today. Because there's their cell phones, you know, and their technology. Nobody's having a conversation. I'm in the car with my niece and one of her best friends. My niece is in the back seat, or my niece is in the front seat. Her best friend is in the back seat. They're texting each other. And I'm like, really? So I'm not sure that, and they're in their 20s. And I'm so I'm not sure that that particular generation understands what it means to truly connect on a human level. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my, my, I have another niece when she was at Emory, uh, she, she would call me and ask me if I would take her to the airport so she could get home. And so I would go pick her up. She'd get in the car with her headphones. Wouldn't even say hi, Auntie Kim. She'd get in the car with her headphones all the way to the airport. She's on her phone with her headphones. And then she gets out the car, gets her suitcase and goes, no, thank you. <laughs> no. And so I stopped taking her to the airport because I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a car service, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I say all that to say is that they're lacking in, in, in interpersonal skills mm-hmm. because of how they've been conditioned to communicate. And I think that that is the largest opportunity. It's, I think it's the largest opportunity because they're going to be running the world soon. Yes. Yeah. And then, right. I mean, so. that it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm in a younger I'm generation. You, I'm, like, I'm like, not sure how old you are, Katie, but. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't remember not having a phone. I right. mean, I remember I was 
like middle school, high school when I got my first phone, but I don't, I truthfully don't remember time not when text messaging wasn't a thing, wasn't how you communicated. So then how do you think we can combat that? Those Mm -hmm. lack of interpersonal skills, just developing Mm -hmm. them more. How do you think that we can go about doing that? Well, first put your phones down. (laughs) But I also think that um, parents and um, uh, older individuals have a responsibility to help help you guys understand why it's necessary, right? So we talk to my nieces all the time. Like I talk to my nieces about the idea that, particularly one in particular, I talk to her about the idea that, you know, when you go into a work environment, it's not just about your ability to do the job. People need to feel comfortable and feel good about you. Mm -hmm. So you can't go to work and not talk to anybody. You know, even when she was in school, I shared with her, are you having conversations with your professors? You know, don't just go to class, take notes and leave. Develop relationships with your professors. And so I and and then helping them understand the why and the how of that. Um, And I think also for young people, just getting them out into professional organizations like WIT, you know, where you're kind of forced to sit at a table yep. and talk to people and, and interact and really do more out in the world so that you can form connections, build relationships with people that you're looking at and talking to, putting the phone down or at least not texting, but maybe picking the phone up and having a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's just there's just so much that they need to be able to do differently, but I don't know that unless you're really conscious of it, you're not going to think to do it. It's like me saying, you know, like I love pancakes and <laughs> and I eat pancakes because I love pancakes, but somebody has to really help me understand <laughs> it. Kim, you have a thyroid issue. You really can't eat pancakes, right? So I need somebody <laughs> to monitor me, right? So I just think um, coming together and not because because I hear a lot about these millennials, these millennials, these millennials, and it's become this us against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what we need to do is do less of that mm-hmm. and really provide more support, guidance, and coaching mm-hmm. to help them understand the impact yeah. of, of their behavior. That's, right. that's a great point. And it's like you're saying the educational component, like organizations like WIT provides, yes. having those forums, having these events yes. for the younger generations to attend and really learn those interpersonal skills that yes. we they seem to be we seem to be lacking now yes. um, in developing that emotional intelligence. And I mean, through your career as a coach and working with WIT and everything you've done, it's clear that you've, I mean, you've given so much advice and that's really in your sweet spot of helping mm-hmm. people. But mm-hmm. in your own career, um, what would you say is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? The best piece of advice that I received was to um, pursue opportunities based on the value I believe I could add, the fulfillment that it would bring to me as an individual, and not the paycheck, mm. right? Okay. And that was the... That was top of mind for me when I made the decision to move away from corporate and go where my energy was, go where the positive energy was. And so 
Um, security is a core value for me. Yeah. <laughs> and as a single woman, it's even more of a core value. But what I had to tell myself was that every goal I've, I've ever set for myself, I've achieved. Now, this is mm-hmm. the stakes are a little bit higher. I need to have a roof over my head. I need to be able to eat. I need to have health insurance, right? All those <laughs> things. But I use those the same concepts of success that I've been able to, to apply to smaller accomplishments to this accomplishment. Yeah. Right. And and they say, if you're doing what you love, the money will come. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, it's still a reminder that you need, because it's easy to get caught up in, I mean, either, obviously you have necessities, you need to make money, mm-hmm. but just if you really are chasing your passions and pursuing mm-hmm. it with all of your heart, it's the money will follow. Yes, you just have will. to really go go at it, go that's hard right. with it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because in a corporate environment, I was doing quite well financially, but I wasn't happy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't buy enough shoes. I couldn't buy enough mm-hmm. Brahmin handbags. <laughs> I couldn't buy enough diamond studs to make me happy. It mm-hmm. would make me happy for a period of time, like a minute, and then I'd go back to work and be unhappy. Yeah. So it, it, it's not worth the trade-off. Mm-hmm. It's just not worth the trade-off. Mm-hmm. You know. Have you seen too, just going back to the um, millennial generation, the younger generation, um, that might be an issue with they graduate college and they kind of maybe um, feel anxious, like they need to go ahead and really get a job immediately as soon as they graduate. Um, just have you seen maybe that kind of disconnect where they will sacrifice their own happiness just to make sure they get a job immediately? Or um, I no. wonder. No, this younger generation is different than 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 the boomers, right? Because right? mm-hmm. the boomers would do that. That's yeah. what we yeah. did. Right. This younger generation, my experience based on what I've seen in my nieces, at least. Yeah. No, they, they're going to do things their way. And so if they want to take a year off and go to Europe and hike or do whatever, that's what they're going to do. Um, and, and the downside of it, look for the support of their parents to do yes. that. <laughs> that's the downside, right? But, um, but I think that, and, and I was in the gym the other day and these two women were having a conversation. A woman was talking about her daughter and how she, and she's an, her daughter's an entrepreneur and how she interacts with her, with her clients. And she was saying, you, you're going to be out of business in a minute because you can't talk to your clients like that. And what I was sharing with her was that, you know, while, while the, this younger generation, they, they have their issues, but I think they also have a boldness that we, at least I, did not have. Pat shaking her head yet. Yeah, we yeah. did not have. They have a bold. You guys have a boldness and a confidence that I admire. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if if you can begin to balance that right mm-hmm. with um, with the with your um, the stuff that you know, drives us all crazy. <laughs> You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But, but no, I, I don't see, I don't see you guys being willing to make the sacrifices. I see you guys do living life on your own terms. Mm-hmm. And I have to say successfully most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, to your point where you're saying like bridging that gap between, you know, do having that boldness, but then mm-hmm. um, the lack of emotional intelligence. And then so offer, having WIT or other organizations offering programs like mm-hmm. um, the forums and just those educational opportunities. But then on the flip side, the those younger generations having to be intentional about it and actually right. being willing to go to these events, That's being right. knowledgeable, knowledgeable about it and understanding our own shortcomings right. and being willing to accept that it would be beneficial to attend something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Self-awareness is such a powerful thing, no Mm -hmm. matter how old you are. And I think for all of us to understand where our strengths are, but also where our shortcomings are and being willing to ask for help, which is something that 
everybody's not willing to do. But people appreciate that demonstration of vulnerability because everybody's not willing to do it. And so when you do it, somebody wants to help you because they understand what it took to ask for help. Yeah. They've been there before. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the reason why we, I mean, WIT is not just about the technical side Mm -hmm. and certainly we promote that. But if you look on our website at the forums, the number, the the types of topics that we are Mm -hmm. covering, uh, as we talked earlier, is Dr. Kim will be um, with us on February 21st at Magianos talking about this very subject Mm -hmm. and how this is certainly important to women who are trying to move up in their career and just to survive day to day. We have a fair number of women who are in transition who are trying to get Mm -hmm. back into the workforce. Mm -hmm. And this kind of topic helps them do that. We also, one of the reasons why I asked Dr. Kim about the WIT campus, we're very focused on the WIT campus because we have to bring our whole self to the table. That's right. And so we want to make sure that we're giving these young girls all aspects of what you need when you show up uh, to work and how you're going to um, to survive and to move forward. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be free. It's okay to be different. Mm-hmm. It's all about what is it that you want. And right. we really try to embrace that. Mm-hmm. And so it is not just about the technical part. We are about the whole woman mm-hmm. and what we need to do as women to help each other. Yeah. So for those of you who are out there, I want to make sure you know, pack the house, uh, get your tickets, go online because Dr. Kim will be talking even more about yeah. this. And I'm probably going to have to tell Magianos to give us more time because <laughs> yeah. they're not going to stop asking her questions. Right? Yeah, yeah. Have a great time. Yeah. And, the, and the book will be available yes, there on the yes. 21st oh, as well. So I'll be uh, selling and signing. Right. And, it's uh, the launch, awesome. actually. Yeah, it's the launch. The yeah. It's the launch. That's it's the so launch great. of the yeah. book. Yeah. And yeah. I have to say, I, you know, I believe in recognizing um, supporters and positive results. It was Pat who said to me, Kim, if you want to speak, you got to have a book. <laughs> I was like, okay, now... <laughs> Now here's but here's there was, there was a gap, right? She's calling you out. There was a, there was a gap because I had been talking about a book. I've been talking yeah. about a book for 7 years. I'm like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. But I knew that I wanted to pour into the wit audience mm-hmm. and Pat gave me the conditions by which I needed to do that. And so I have done the book. There you go. Everybody needs an accountability partner. And and, and I will say, as I was going to wait to surprise Pat, but I have acknowledged Pat in the book. (laughs) Because were it not for Pat, I would not have the book. And so you are the only person mentioned by name in the acknowledgments and the dedication because I so, so, so appreciate the push. And oftentimes, Pat talked about, um, she look, she's pulling out tissue because she's crying. So don't make me cry. She talked about how as women, we need to support one another. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard women say, women don't support one another. Women, Well, I only surround myself with people who I can support and who support me. Absolutely. And, and I'm okay with them pushing me because that's what our supporters do. That's what people who are invested in us do. They push us to bring out the best in us. Yes. And Pat, you pushed me to bring out the best in me as it relates to this book. So I want to thank you live. <laughs> <laughs> because... Okay, we need to stop this. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> so when you kept saying, I want a book, I'm like, yeah, you're going to get a book. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, that's incredible. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Dr. Kim. And I mean, I'm excited for the form and I'm so excited for your book. Thank um, you. And I mean, it's so it's launching on that day. And yes. then if someone else wanted to, who's maybe not able to attend the form, yeah. how can we purchase it? How can we learn more about you? Fantastic. Uh, you can go to my website, www.liveinyoursweetspot.com and uh, to learn about me. And you will find the book under the resources section of the website. Well, great. Yeah. So excited. Thank you so much you, for Katie. coming on. This it was great to meet you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Pat, you good? Well, it was uh, so great having Dr. Kim Harris in studio today. And Pat, as always, it's great to have you. And um, we love everything we're doing for WIT. Looking forward to the next WIT Forum coming out in February. If you want to learn more about WIT, you go to mywit.org. And um, head over to Dr. Kim Harris's website to learn more about her and uh, her book releasing pretty soon. Yes. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. And we'll see you next month um, on our Women in Technology Atlanta Business Radio. 